<laughs> it's origins and adaptations. I am Andrew, and this is Cody over here. Yeah, episode fifty-two, fifty-three. Cody, we have at this oh, point fi- after this episode. <laughs> what did you say? I said fifty-three. Why? You know, it's oh, it's fifty-two, Cody. And then this is my Cody. turn for me to say, "Is it really? Is it really?" <laughs> no. uh, too good. No too way. good. Well, at this point after this recording, we will have officially recorded one year's year. year. Podcast. It has uh, been, even though it's been three, a year's worth in three. Uh, fifty-two weeks in a year. So, fifty-two. That's a we. I don't know. Memories. Should we actually cut I mean, this part out so that way, if we ever try and like, you know, what? show this to people, like, hey, take us seriously, you know, they don't hear it. <laughs> By the time they get to episode fifty-two, come on, are we going to give them episode fifty-two to listen to? Well. I'm going to give them episode 44. Not everyone has heard all our old, archaic, atrocious, like... It's really bad. How would I put it? C- cavernous sounding There's amateur, tones. and then there's a YouTube starter, and we're, like, below that. Probably yeah. two levels above a bag of crap. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, people would want to listen to. But there was good content. Yeah. Like I think that was the difference is there they went my ears it was 2014 are people. bleeding from the audio quality but they're but the things they're talking about and their enthusiasm for life and comic books and everything nerdum brings joy to my heart yeah I'm speaking for <laughs> our entire audience yeah all uh, nine of them <laughs> hey it's gone up Remember when it was all two of them? Yeah, no, yeah. that's true. Uh, we love you guys. We love Thank you, you for so listening. Much. Uh, <clears throat> we have probably, probably, probably uh, a shorter episode because uh, nothing really happened in the world of comics and mm. nerdum to d- this week. I mean, Halloween was a big deal. Uh, they're getting ready for holidays, so there's nothing really big in the works. Nothing like announce wise. Um, but yeah. Do you remember the autumn of 2009? Or was it 2008 that uh, that Blackest Night came out? Or not came out, but was going. It was in the middle of. Because the, I remember the season. Well, see, I didn't. The I, season oh, I got into comic books, I didn't, it was autum. I didn't get I, into comic books until, like, I was into comic books, but I didn't get into actually reading them until about, like, 2011. Oh, it was at the beginning of New Fifty Two. I remember because my first trade that I ever bought that wasn't Spider Man was Nightwing Fifty Two. That's right, you told me. Yeah, um, I'm just trying to remember now. Anyways, well, when I got into comics, it was fall, and there were a lot of new titles out that yeah. everyone was talking about, and 
maybe all the comic book fans that I know well, there's a lot aren't, of, aren't really reading anything. Mm, there's a lot of titles current, coming out. Current in DC and Marvel. Yeah, there's a lot of it's stuff out coming of, out. There's a ton of Rebirth. There's Marvel Legacy, which we've talked about. Um, Image has a ton. You can find literally anything on Image. Yeah. Uh, Archie is putting out some good stuff. No, there's there's... There's comics coming out. So you're saying, what you're saying, there's no no news. Okay, got yeah. you, got you. Um, which in the next few episodes, we actually will be, uh, we have planned out where we are going to be talking about everything current in Marvel, everything current in DC, uh, everything current in Image, and I do want to do everything current in Valiant. How That's about probably... Dark Horse? <laughs> okay, we can bring up Dark Horse. Is it still going on? It's. Uh yeah, Dark Horse is still a thing. I just haven't but heard Dark anyone talk about it in like fifteen years. Dark Horse has become kind of like IDW. You know how IDW is more of like a licensing, like they do GI Joe, Transformers, Ninja Turtles. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I feel like that's Dark their Horse role now. Has kind of become that as well. Where they're in charge of a lot of video game stuff. So like Mass Effect, Halo, World of Warcraft. Yeah, that makes um, sense. All of that stuff is going to be under Dark Horse. Um. So I don't, I don't think Dark Horse, Hellboy ended, and so I don't think Dark Horse has currently a lot of original titles. I'm trying to think. I really can't think of any off the top of my head. But if you asked me a month ago, Valiant titles, I couldn't give you any other. One thing I actually want to look <clears throat> up is when exactly Star Wars was taken over by Dark Horse and when exactly they gave it back over to Marvel. They gave it everyone back. knows it was originally Marvel back in the day. They gave it back to. Oh, I have something in my throat. <clears throat> was it when? Was it when Disney? It was when Disney bought it. That's what Marvel I figured. Uh, I'm just. I'm cu- curious when it went to Dark Horse. Early 2000s. Late 90s. No, because it had to have been mid 90s because I remember I had a couple Dark Horse Star what's Wars. The, comics. What's the Thrawn trilogy under? Those were done under under Dark, Dark Horse. Horse, and that was like that was like 93. 94. Okay. okay. So. That's pretty late then. Um, yeah, so we'll talk about that stuff coming up. I think it's going to be fun. A lot of research on our part. Um, we're going to pretty much give you every comic uh, run going. So that's all the different single issues you can buy. Um, any of the TV shows going on, animated and not animated, and then... Pretty much what's in store for the movies. Did you just say TV shoes? I probably did. I say a lot of things. I like me some TV shoes. <laughs> is that is that the shoes you wear while watching TV? Do those come in twenty five narrow? Twenty five <laughs> narrow? They're, they're the they're, they're the they're the ones that you wear while watching TV. Do you have the feet of a not, pelican? Not shoes that have a TV <laughs> monitor on them. Yeah, they're the shoes you wear while you watch it. Yes. They are. It's like a TV dinner and a TV hey, Frank, tray. Put on your TV shoes. Yeah, your TV shoes. Um, We're gonna watch Rugrats. <laughs> you really like that guy's voice. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty. He's, amazing. he's awesome. <laughs> so, <clears throat> going into news, Red Sonia, uh, which is a a female Conan, the best way to put it, who wears little to no clothing, like Conan, not mm. O'Brien. No. Uh, That's where she my does mind have, went first. She does have red hair, though. Like Conan O'Brien. Like Conan O'Brien. Not like him, because she has more of like your classic comic red hair. Oh. I feel like comics really don't do the ginger. They no, do red hair. No, it's like red hair. Yeah. 
Which is um, way cooler. So cooler. And Dick Grayson. Then so this ginger kids. It. He loves red hair. Then so this ginger kids. That's that was just my. A, that's the, just offensive. That was my best attempt, attempt at uh, the Eric South Carbon. Park. Well, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I mean, I guess that would be Cartman, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah, that was definitely Cartman. I was doing. Uh, I was practicing like worship music with someone, and like I started singing Air Cartman's voice, and they were like, "Why would you do that right now? Why would you <laughs> do that to me?" I went, "I don't really know. I defaulted. It was strange." <clears throat> yeah, I, I, you know, I, I default to Eric Cartman when I first think about worship music <laughs> yeah, so same same so so she's well, getting kind of like mr Mitten, she's actually okay. getting her own movie red sonia uh which is kind of cool i really hope that it uh, i'm i'm worried that they go to two extremes there's the one extreme where she's just over overtly sexualized um and then it's another one of those nerds are creepy dudes who just want to look at this, this is all they do. Uh, or they go the other direction and then super, like, just she's wearing head-to-toe head to just, like, scale armor <clears throat> or, like, just a full-on knight's armor suit, which isn't correct either because she's supposed to have that barbarian kind of look to her. <clears throat> and so, I don't know, I hope I hope it's a good middle ground. I really hope that they do give her more clothing than she has in the comics, uh, but I hope it doesn't go too far where they they ruin ruin the whole aesthetic of her character, which is that it would be like giving Conan Bar Conan the Barbarian like a suit of armor. It just doesn't look right. Like, yeah, the character <clears throat> kind of has his like macho revealing outfit. Yeah, um, that character actually epitomizes a point that I was making to. I think uh, your your brother the other day I was telling him because we were talking about something that had to do with uh, Billy's character on Stranger Things. Okay. And I was telling him men were sexualized in the eighties differently than they are now. Yes. Um, I so. Like just the way they had them dress the heroes the, the heroes dress in movies. Yeah. Like it wasn't just enough that they were ripped and had a a good smile. Like their shirts were always unbuttoned. Yes. And they were always like. You know, they had that creepy, like, uh, seductive smile, and like I was, I referenced a good jaw. I yeah, I referenced the Burt Reynolds poster where he's like basically nude with nothing but a pillow covering yes. himself. Yeah, and I was telling him like that would be satire, or he he was telling me like that that would be around nowadays, but it might be it would be like satire. Yes. So I feel like Conan the Barbarian is like the epitome of an eighties. Well, it's kind of like an, a an eighties <clears throat> fantasy hero where it's like he has all his muscles showing. Yeah, he would be really generic if he just had armor. Yeah, and I would say that's kind of the same way with you see it in Jurassic Park actually, um, where we think it's funny now. Oh, the Jeff Goldblum, the Jeff Goldblum thing? where he has his shirts all ripped open and he's sitting there, he's breathing heavy, and it's all, he's all sweaty. Yeah, and so like we laugh now because we. We think it's funny because it's Jeff Goldblum. Like, right, that's hilarious. Right, but like back in the day, that would have been like that. Oh, yeah, that, that moment. Like, for, yeah, yeah, and just like how we see how some women dressed in like the seventies and eighties, mm -hmm. and we go, "That's ridiculous." Mm -hmm. Like that looks ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And then, but you talk to like dudes who are going through puberty and hormones through that time. They're like, <laughs> "Yeah, those that was my stuff, man." Like, yeah. Those, those like, those were the attractive women. Yeah, like that was their uh, their Allison Brie or yeah, their yeah, yeah, yeah. who's the, who's the brunette from Baywatch? She's kind of the new Alexandra Daddario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was that was their Alexandra Daddario. That was their Alexandra Daddario. Yeah. yeah. 
And so it's it's interesting looking at what people find attractive nowadays. And I would say, I would say even men, like we still have that barbaricness where we it, we see like a revealing outfit and we're like, oh. well, yeah. Um, but I would say just the we see something like Red Sonia nowadays, mm-hmm. and we're like, yeah, okay. Uh, it's it's weird. It's interesting that we find more of like someone like Catwoman more attractive, than yeah. Like a Red Sonia, where I would I would say back in the maybe the sixties and seventies, like someone would find the Sonia character who literally just has a chain bikini, um, right? More more attractive than the the latex. Yeah, um, I think Catwoman. I think the uh, the sexualization of a lot of characters really comes more from the media. I think if you yeah. were to talk to the average guy, like. I mean, yeah, it's Catwoman, no contest. The average guy, and it's it's interesting because you have uh, nowadays where if you look at Catwoman in the the current Batman run with uh, written by Tom King, um, she is not she's not sexualized at all. Like she looks, she's drawn very normal, mm-hmm. um, and it's awesome. Uh, but you still you still have that moment where. You have someone drawn like that, and then you have those creeps that come out of the woodwork and be like, "Oh, I prefer it where her her zipper is undone at the top, and her portions are ridiculous." Yeah, and yeah. like I had someone uh, talk to me about the Captain Marvel stuff, and it was interesting because Captain Marvel, when she was Miss Marvel, she had like this one piece swimsuit kind of deal, and like she, you do, she had like the biggest butt in the world. And it was a thing. Of course. Like, like the the Captain Marvel badonkadonk was like <laughs> the talk of the town with Marvel fans. It was weird. And so when they changed it and she, she now has like your classic military-ish kind of uniform, it's very Captain America-ish. Uh, and she's like none, none of her skin except for her face is showing. Um, and her proportions are correct and they're normal. Uh, and I've even seen just people complaining, they're like, I miss the old suit. It's like, well, I don't like this suit, but I don't miss that old suit. <laughs> like, I I wish this suit had her original colors. Uh, it's more of like a, a USA kind of look now with... Um, but I think I think that's supposed to be more of a yeah, I mean, capturing can, the Captain Marvel spirit. Suit, suits can get too ridiculous. I mean, yeah. there is a happy medium, though. Yeah. Like, when we were watching Apocalypse, it's yeah. just so... Um, Apocalypse, not even necessarily as much as maybe some of the older ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all Brian Singer, right? Uh, like, the first two? The first two are yeah, Brian yeah. Singer, yeah. So, I mean... We kind of got robbed of great X-Men costumes in most of them. Yes. Even in first class, it's kind of like, I mean, I mean, they I, I they okay? Yes. They're still kind of generic. They're kind of generic. Yeah. Um, so you don't want to have them generic, but it is nice when they're a little bit easier to take seriously. Yeah. And like those, those 90s women, you know, especially the, the, the women superhero costumes, they were a little too far if I'm yeah, just being as, totally as much honest. as I, I appreciated that Psylocke had her, like Psylocke's costume in Apocalypse was like spot on. That was the that would be the only costume that I think they got right, mm-hmm. correct. Um, however, out of all the costumes, that is probably the most sexualized. <laughs> like she yeah. has that pretty much wedgie the entire time with her yeah. like one piece jumpsuit thing, um, and so it's interesting. I mean, that was a lot of the '90s. Look at Emma Frost's look. Oh yeah, 
how they changed Scarlet Witch from this like weird. It was a very like BDMS like BDSM kind of look where she had the corset and the uh, she had like red like tights that she wore, mm-hmm. and so like there wasn't skin showing, but it kind of looked like she was wearing like there was skin showing. And then they totally went a weird direction where she was just wearing a bikini top, or she was wearing a corset with a bikini bottom, and then it was just like what what is this like. This is ridiculous, 90s. Yeah. How'd you do that? And then you have men with muscles galore. Which we, we talked about, what's his name? Rob Liefeld. Rob Liefeld, yeah. Yeah, he was probably the biggest component, like proponent of that. Um, it kind of bled a little bit into like Dixon's stuff, like his stuff with- um Chuck Dixon. Chuck Dixon's stuff, yeah. Uh, I mean, look at you mean you mean what he was he wasn't doing the, the stuff artwork he, though. No, no, no. The but stuff like, he was writing for. The stuff he was writing for. It. Do you remember who his artist was? Um, I did because he kind of like I did had the same artist with every run he did. Oh man, it's gonna kill me. But the, the guy, way, did, the guy who did Nightfall. Yeah, it's very it's a very nineties look. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way you can tell is because all the male characters have. Giant upper bodies, but they also had well-drawn feet, which Rob Liefeld yes. didn't do. Yeah, and and their proportions were correct; like they didn't have tiny heads. Um, right, they just had. They made a lot of times. Batman had the physique of Superman. It's right, just like mm. that happened for. I mean, that continued for a yeah. long time, though. I mean, I mean currently, as it's much the as same. I love Jim Lee, he kind of does that too. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jim Lee very ha- has a very '90s style. Yeah. Well, so. it's a little more. It's a little more evolved. I would say his. Uh, I feel like the one thing Lee has on a lot of other guys. Well, he also had whoever was doing his inks was awesome. Yeah. Because the inks on on Hush yeah. and all those comics are just great. But I felt like the way he drew faces, though he drew everyone's face very similarly, he had that the Jim Lee eyes and the cheekbones. Yeah. It was very much like when you saw it, you're like, that's Jim Lee. Yeah, you can tell. Um, Which is crazy. And then you have freaking Alex Ross, who I mean, is he's... on an entirely different level than anyone. Yeah, he's a whole other level. Yeah. I, whenever I go into the art room... For I, I like, like comics, I just stare at those posters for at least I want a them. few minutes. I know the Kingdom Come posters. Like if I had if I had my own studio mm-hmm. and you know as much money I, as I can have, mm-hmm. like I will have those posters. Yeah, like that. For anyone who lives in the goal. Vancouver Portland area, if you haven't been in I like comics, go look in the art room. Like there's just some good artwork and just yeah. The whole place. On the way to the art room, there's like the 50 cent comics in the boxes, and over that is all the Kingdom Come art. Uh, it's like the portraits of all the characters, and it's just incredible. The one that actually gives me the chills now is the Martian Manhunter. It's so good. It's crazy. It's you so feel good. like he's you feel like he's right there. I, know. I really like the Spectre too. Yeah, the Spectres is pretty good. I'm um, trying to think of what what the weakest one. I, I I feel like that's it's kind of rude to even bring it up, but I guess the weakest one would maybe be uh, Black Canary. Probably it's the weakest pose. I don't know if it's yeah. because it's the weakest like drawing. Yeah, it's, whoever I, whoever the model because he has models pose yes. for his stuff. So whoever posed for it doesn't do as good a job as the as the others. Yeah, the Flash, the old the the fifties Flash, yeah, it's so the Jay Garrick. He look he looks yeah he looks silly, but he has that Jay Garrick face, and it's just that so dude, perfect. That goofy face. Yeah. yeah, he's just like yeah. How you doing? Yeah, um, yeah. So they're they're making the Red Sonia movie. 
uh, I at this point U turn. At this point, I just <laughs> I want them that's to our, uh, our verbal U turn. Yeah. So they're making red sun, yeah. And uh, I just it would be cool if they do it well. I'm not too attached to this character. I've never re- really read any of her comics um, where I am invested emotionally. So if it if it doesn't do well, I'm like, okay, that was kind of expected because there's really only two studios who have done comic book movies well, um, and right. one is debatable. Uh, yeah, and one is remarkably inconsistent. I'm talking about Marvel, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, you mean who's done it well? Yeah. yeah. No, I'm in. I'm at the other. Oh, uh, I see. No, and I don't know. You you have some that are good. I mean, you have the Mark Millar stuff where the Kick-Ass movie was good, but the second one wasn't as good. Uh, the first Kingsman movie was good, but the second one wasn't as good. And so it's it's weird when people don't know what are com- like what movies are actually comic book movies. Like, how many people didn't know Kick-Ass was a comic book and Kingsman was a comic book? How many people didn't know Walking Dead was a comic book? I didn't know... Th- when the first Kingsman came out, that it was okay. I well, I never saw it. I've never seen it on the shelf anywhere, knowingly. It's it's. I mean, I'm sure it's it there, th- but there's a I lot of stuff in a comic image, book store. But Mark Millar has. I, it's weird. I think Mark Millar might have his own publishing company. Did he create <clears throat> that by himself? Uh, Kingsman. Yeah. Yes. That's cool. I didn't. <clears throat> I didn't know that. That um, that actually makes that makes me want to get into and it. And there's like a. I think they're trying to bring the Mark Millar. I like, like Millar universe to. Like it's going to become its own thing. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. It's it's interesting. Uh, I think his stuff is better off TV show. I think he did Deadly. He does Deadly Class as well. Um, uh, don't quote me on that though. I don't really know off the top of my head. I'm quoting you. Okay. Good. Not. I'm, I'm kidding. You're not you're kidding. Not, you're not quoting me. I'm not quoting uh, you. So yeah. Then. Next on the list is season one of Cloak and Dagger, which is a new Marvel TV show coming out. I don't know. I think it's going to be on Freeform, the ABC, more of like the darker ABC channel. Uh, the first season has wrapped filming, so that should air in 2018. Um, for those who don't know, it's it's. I'm excited for it. I think I'm I'm interested in it because these are two characters that I think can they can take the TV drama medium. And play it well. Uh, they're both teenagers, and they're both teenagers from like polar opposites of life, uh, who are drawn together, <clears throat> and they they connect and uh, bond uh, very quickly, and are in each other's lives. But it's still a very tr- teen drama ish, tr- teen drama ish kind of uh, genre. And so I I feel like it's perfect for TV shows. I. I'm ex- also excited because it's ABC and it's not CW, so it won't become too Woo-hoo. teen drama-ish. But another reason that I kind of have faith in it is... I, ha- I have a couple credible people who are telling me that they are enjoying parts of season three of The Flash. Okay. I don't know if you've, if you've Season heard... three or season four? Isn't it, is, is it on season... <clears throat> They're on season four. Did they just start... Oh, well, well, the four, oh, the fourth one just started. This yes. this fall, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't know about four, but they said they enjoyed a lot of season three. Okay. So I don't have. Have you heard anything about? No, I, I mean I, the last three, the last uh, season <clears throat> of the Flash. Um, the only thing I heard was that I don't know. I kind of do want to get back into it. Just give, 
you know, the season a shot. I didn't love the end of season my, two, but I kind of do want to try it. My problem is they brought in another speedster as the villain. And it's just like... Yeah. It's, it's like our... It still could the, be cool, though. The first two seasons, main villains were speedsters. And it's just like, he has so many other rogue rogues in his gallery that aren't speedsters. So... They hint at Grodd all throughout. They don't use him. What we've seen, and they just don't use him. No. Well, first of all, it's expensive. Why it's really expensive to use Grodd because CG is expensive. Um, but they use it on all the speedsters, <clears throat> I feel like, for all those scenes. Yeah. I think it's because they're models that... It's like assets that they can just reuse. Um, mm. Whereas having Grodd be f- like physically in... Mini episodes is expensive to do. I see. Uh, no, like I would love to see. I don't know. I feel like the the rogue, his rogues that get the one off episodes. I feel like could get full on story arcs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't happen. And so you, it's like you just get. Little well, first of all, like this is spoiler for anyone who hasn't been keeping up in the CW universe. The only way you know this is if you watch Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, they killed Kevin Colt. Mm. I don't know if they brought him back. I haven't seen season two of Legends of Tomorrow, but they killed him off in season one. So there goes one of Flash's villains. And now... I don't think that I knew that, mm. and that's a big mistake. And then, yeah, and then Heat Wave... Would you, would you not agree? I, I thought it was a mistake. Uh, that's There's a part of me that thinks that he's not dead. Like, I haven't watched season two of... Legends of Tomorrow. I kind of gave up on the CW stuff. Entirely. Did you even finish the first season? I did. I, I, th- I thought through. you couldn't finish it. No, I did. It was hard. The Hawk Girl Hawk Man thing were horrible. Horrible. It was really bad. Um, but they brought in the JSA, the Justice League, Justice Society of America, uh, for Legends of Tomorrow, like Our Man, and um, I think they brought in the Spectre, but I don't know if they did. Uh, well, that's kind of neat. But yeah, and so like I wanted to get into it, but then I don't know. I just kind of prioritized what TV shows I wanted to invest in, and Shield was number one, um, because that blows all of the CW shows out of the water. Uh, the Netflix TV shows are number. I would say they're number. They're number one as well, but they're easier because I can watch them in like two or three days. Uh, and then now, one that I'm still keeping up with is The Gifted, which is the X-Men TV show, and it's uh, based after uh, it's based after the events in Days of Future Past, the f- the future events. Um, it's based in that universe, that timeline, and so mutants are like hunted, and there's the Sentinel program, and so everyone's under like lockdown. Um, mutants are in like internment camps. And so it's it's really good. I really enjoy it. Um, the characters are really well done. And I would say the special effects on the powers are pretty well done. Uh, Amy Acker's in it. Uh, not too many other notable people. Oh, the dad from... Did you ever watch Raisin Hope? The one mm, with the... I didn't, uh, I didn't watch it consistently, okay. but I feel like I should know what the main cast looks like. The dad, his, the dad in that show is, in, is actually in it. Do you know his name? I don't. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, <clears throat> really fun actor, though. So, I don't know. I, I might give it a chance. 
I I hated the first two episodes. I just I couldn't stand it. Really? Um because they did the whole flashpoint thing and I went, okay, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that they can do this well. Uh and so when he goes back in time and changes the future, the only thing that has changed is he's uh is that Iris's dad for some reason is having a fight with her. Hmm. Like that's the difference. Like they like they're not close like they were. Yeah. The reason why I want to give the show a chance is cuz I felt that most of the cast was getting or at least the really, you know, the really important relationships that the cast members were building on, not necessarily story arc wise, but the chemistry you could tell the actors were starting to yeah. blossom together as a cast. Like I loved, uh, I love Iris's dad, the cop Joe. Right? Yeah, yeah. I liked him a lot. He's like a he's like a friendly he, Idris Elba. Yeah, he <laughs> just gets better as the yeah. show goes. He's on, on the show. He's on the mo- he's in the movie Crash. I think is that like a musicalish kind of movie? Crash. Yeah, that sounds familiar. I I can't say that I'm sure. Okay. Um. But no, I I I want to give it a chance because I mean I did watch the first two seasons, so why not at least watch the third? Um. So, for you, was it just the hang up of it, of it being a speedster, or was it was it like all the, all the? Well, I didn't even see the speedster of the second season or the third season. Okay. Um, I. Uh, I got. I didn't get past the second episode. Uh, because the second episode is the end of the flashpoint, mm-hmm. like it's the last bit of the flashpoint, mm-hmm. and how they handled all of that irritated me so much that I like I stopped watching. Um, it was becoming more like Arrow. Oh, and I and we all know what that means. Yes, <laughs> uh, and I and I have I have credible people telling me that season five of Arrow brought Arrow back, and it's so, like I. That's not something. Is Felicity still on the show? Because I'm not interested. Um, and I feel like Barry Allen isn't growing as a character. Like he keeps making the same mistakes. Um, I thought he learned his lesson with Thrawn. Iba, not Thrawn. Iba, Thon. Thon. Not Thrawn. Thon. Thrawn uh, is a he a is different a, villain. He was a better villain. Uh, <laughs> uh, in different ways. Uh... I thought he learned his lesson where he went back in time and stopped it and it like it changed a ton and then so he went back and stopped himself from stopping it. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the second season he does it again. I'm just like <sighs> why like we're doing the same things over and over and over again. <clears throat> and I don't know. I just wasn't interested in going through that one more time. I see. And and then the fact that <coughs> Flashpoint had no consequence, and the stuff that <coughs> changed when he went back, it was like it was very minimal. I think one character was a good guy now instead of a bad guy. It's like it hurt so much because the Flashpoint, the Flashpoint story in the comics is incredible, and it's really well done, and you feel. Like you feel anxious reading it because of everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you're drawn to the characters. You're drawn to the story. Like you have the the moment where like Wonder Woman cuts off Mira's head, 
And she's like, what the heck? Like, this is entirely different. Like, this is not even the same Justice League that I remember. Mm -hmm. And then you have the whole Wonder Woman killing Shazam and all the kids. And it's just like, this is brutal. And then Aquaman is now taking his army to attack the land. And it's this huge war that will end the world. And it's like, and be, all because Barry saved his mom. Like, that is right. that is crazy. And none of that happened. Like, not even close in the Flashpoint storyline. You, you just feel like just no stakes? No stakes at all. And I I don't know. It was To me, it was annoying that they used the Flash. They called it the Flashpoint Paradox because it, I was like, that's a storyline that is really well done. And I think they're actually doing it for the movie. And I think it actually could. It's better in the DC Cinematic Universe because they have Aquaman. They have Wonder Woman. I think, I think it would be ballsy for them to actually do a Flashpoint and have Wonder Woman be the Wonder Woman in Flashpoint. Right. Because it's not a Wonder Woman that you like. Uh, she's freaking sleeping with, with Aquaman. Uh, and then when Mira, Aquaman's wife, finds out, she cuts her head off. It's like... Crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. And if they actually do that, I will give them props. I will... Even if the movie is only half decent, I will enjoy that movie for the ability of DC to stick to their guns and to stick to their source material. Uh, if it doesn't end up that way, I'll be disappointed. Um, but I won't be surprised <laughs> um, with DC. But Jeff Johns is in charge now, creatively. That reminds me... Finish. Um, oh, that was it. Do we want to talk about the Henry Cavill interview? Oh, yeah. That was pretty yeah, neat. I can bring that up. Uh, so yesterday I found an interview with Henry Cavill. You showed it to me um, instantly. Yeah, because I thought it was really cool. Uh, one of the questions in it, which I actually think is a really cool question, um, is we know that Superman's coming back in Justice League, and we know that we know that Superman coming back to life is no, it's not a big deal. You don't really no, have to explain it. it's happened a thousand times. Yeah, you don't need to explain it. Uh, you can just be like, he's Kryptonian. Like, that's it. It's like the, way his, like, the way Kryptonian death works is different than human death. It's an entirely different thing. And so you can explain that to the general society, and they can accept it. And so he brought up, but how do you explain Clark, Clark Kent coming back to life? Um, because no one knows that Clark Kent was Superman. Right, yeah, that makes, so, that, that makes sense. So how do you explain that happening? And then Henry Cavill, I thought, was really uh, on point about this. And he, he, at first, was like, how do I explain that without spoiling anything? Right. Uh, and he instantly brought up Superman Rebirth. Yeah, he said, is, have you read the Rebirth comic? Which is exactly what happened. Um, Clark Kent is dead, uh, and then Superman came back. And so people are like... Uh, what? Okay, well, and then it threw people off because Clark, Clark Kent wasn't back, and Superman was in Rebirth. And if you haven't been reading it, I highly recommend it. I'll give a little tiny spoiler. The spoiler is is Superman goes off as Clark Kent, and him, Lois, and John become farmers, like out in this podunk town, and they become. Uh, he's not Clark Kent; it's something else. Uh, I'm trying to think. What their last name is Smith? It might be Smith. I don't know. Uh, I have to re re reread it. It's so good. Um, no, but he brought that up, and I thought that was really cool uh, because he didn't bring it up and be like, "Yeah, so they've been making me read this like story called Rebirth." You know, 
whatever. Yeah, he didn't make it sound like a chore. He was like very, very uh, like he knew- off the cuff. He was like, oh, ha- have you read the Rebirth comics? Yeah. Oh, because they go into this. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, he explains this whole situation of how he and Lois have this whole other life now. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, like, this dude did his homework. I mean, and when you said Jeff Johns, that made me think, oh, maybe Jeff Johns had him do it but maybe yeah. it was just Henry Cavill I think it was caring, more of caring about the character. Yeah, I think it was more of Henry or Jeff Johns uh suggested it and Henry Cavill did it. Uh for those who do not know Henry Cavill even though he is a gorgeous man uh and probably doesn't seem like this type of person, he is a super nerd. Uh I was listening to an interview of when he first got the call to be Superman for Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Uh he missed it. He missed the call from Zack Snyder. Oh, because he was in the middle of a World of Warcraft raid. <laughs> like he saw his phone, and he's he saw it ringing, and he's like, "This is more important." Oh my like, gosh! The really? Yeah, the World wow. of Warcraft raid was more important. So he actually missed the phone call. Like he That's saw it at funny. last second, and he went to go reach, but he had missed it. Uh, and then he waited until he was done to call him back. And then uh, he's like, "Yeah, I'm sorry, I missed your phone call." And I love the interview because he's like, "You know, I was just saving lives." Because <laughs> he was a healer in World of Warcraft, and so You're saving lives. That's the that's the kind of person Henry Cavill is, and I, as every time I see him in, in in interviews, he's so charismatic, and he has this charm to him, and his like you were saying, he has an incredible smile, mm-hmm. like, uh, and you just don't see that in Matt. I said in, it in BVS. That's right. Uh, and you don't see his smile at all. I. I don't think that was Henry Cavill's fault. I really think it was Zack Snyder and his portrayal of the character. Uh, I feel sorry his, for well, Henry his, Cavill. His, well, I guess Cavill's portrayal, it was Snyder's vi- vision, vision yeah. which destroyed and the, so, the charm of Superman. Which is annoying because I think Henry Cavill wanted to play the more lighthearted Superman. Because mm-hmm. you see it at the end of Man of Steel. Like, I will, to, like, I will go to my grave... Like defending that the end of Man of Steel, you see Superman. Yeah. At the very end, where he's like, "I'm from Kansas." Yeah. It's like I'm as American as you can get. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's like, "You're going to try to find out where I hang my cape." You won't. Yeah. And he just like has this like cockiness, but it's a cockiness and that he's right, and so it's not like douchey. It's like when he goes, yeah. "I don't know, General." Yeah. Like that just it feels it feels like I don't think he's doing the big cheesy grin. In no. that scene, but he definitely seems like he's he's enjoying he has that himself. Smirk. He's, he's he's enjoying himself, yeah. um, and it's like that. And so when that's so one that, of my so problems that, with that BVS. coupled I with, mean, we've talked about that many times. Yeah, so that couple coupled with the fact that he mentioned the Rebirth comics tells me that he actually does care about the role. Yeah, and, and so it, it, it that does, gives me a tiny bit of hope yeah. for Justice League that we will see a Superman. It does suck that we got BVS where he's just yeah. so wooden. It's annoying because if we ignore BVS, if we went from Man of Steel to Justice League, I mean, there's a giant time gap and there's a lot of like characters getting introduced to each other. But I feel like we're getting, we're finally getting the Batman that is the Batman that we wanted because it's Ben Affleck as Batman, which we really enjoy. Um, but not only that, but it's a Batman who is. Batman, like yeah, he, he when, underst- when, when, when you what did you say? It's, it's the Batman we wanted, but yeah. I, I almost said he's the Batman we need, <laughs> not the one we not need. not the one we deserve. We deserve. 
<laughs> that line hero. that line is so easy to just crap on. Oh my gosh. But in the moment that the line hero is the city needs. In the moment that line is like heart wrenching. Oh, I know. Yeah. I mean it's right after he kills Two Face, so Gotham's Dark Knight. Yeah. And what 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 did Gordon He's, say? He's like it's it's a something protector. I don't it's been too long since It's I've a seen very, it. very I mean I can quote you anything for Batman begins, but it's a very, very good line, and it, Jim Gordon has that little bit of outro monologue. Yeah, and I can't remember. He he says something like it's something something. It's so petty; it doesn't matter. But I just yeah. I liked it. That's why I wanted to try and remember. Okay, it. sorry for wasting everyone's time. It's fine. Uh, moving <laughs> on to the next topic. I liked uh, it. That was cool. No, it was good. Like I think we're we're doing well with this. Uh, this is huge, <laughs> though. This is probably the biggest news. I actually, I'll give you huge. <laughs> I couldn't believe uh, actually reading this headline. It's crazy if this actually is true. So Disney may be buying a large portion of 20th Century Fox's assets. Woo! Uh, for those who do not know, 20th Century Fox owns the X Men, and Fantastic Four. Yep. If that is true, that means Marvel gets these characters back, which is insane because this has been going on for the past 20 years. Uh, I don't know. It was, it was kind of like this weird disbelief thing. Like, I couldn't believe. I kind of want to see them make at least a few more, you know, duds. <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to watch it really crash cool. and burn. And the one thing I thought of. the <laughs> Kidding. The one thing is, like, if Disney buys this, I hope that 20th Century Fox becomes their mature side of Marvel. Like, it becomes their max. Oh, yeah. I think that would be cool, because that way you can still keep, like, Logan and Deadpool, and with New Mutants being all horror aspect, that, that you have this one section of the Marvel MCU where, like, kid gloves are off, boxing gloves are off, it's... I know that Civil War and Winter Soldier have a more mature tone to it, and the stakes are higher, but at the end of the day, no one died in Civil War. Uh, no one died in Winter Soldier. Um, this is this would be a side of the Marvel MCU that they could give and be like, this is going to be a more darker tone. It's still within continuity and timeline and all of that jazz, but you can... You can go, you can pass those boundaries and hit the rated R um, right. uh, rating. You bring up an interesting point, and I wanted to ask you a question, because we've talked, well, I've talked to many people about this one subject, about superhero deaths. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that these companies aren't killing off their core characters Perhaps not because they don't understand that it would make their stories better, but because they don't think that the people are ready for it. Like the people, the audience, most of them maybe aren't bright enough to understand that sometimes they have to die. Uh, No, I think it's uh, straight up just money. You think Uh, so? If you kill off Iron Man, you can't make Iron Man movies. If you you kill off Captain America, you can't make Captain America movies. Um... Well, some of these people don't even have a contract for many more years, though. Yeah, and so that, that's the thing. Or is, many more films. It's, after, not, it's not years, it's films. After Avengers, I think that'll be 22 movies, uh, which starts the new 
the new order of Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, I think we're either going to get superheroes who die uh, or superheroes that retire. Yeah. Um, we're going to get a next generation of MCU. Uh, Spider-Man is uh, the leader, I believe, of the next generation. Um, I I think it would be cool to get a Miss Marvel in there, a Kamala, uh, Kamala Khan. Uh, I think she would be an awesome um, rendition. They'll probably do as much as we would hate it as Marvel fans. They would probably do Sam Alexander Nova instead of the Richard Ryder Nova, who is definitely the better one. Um, I don't know if they would do Miles Morales because that would just be confusing with too many Spider-Man. Maybe later. Maybe yeah. like second generation of the next one. Or they might make him Scarlet Spider. Like, I think that would be a really cool idea. As much as I love Ben Riley as Scarlet Spider, and I, it's really important uh, for that character, I could see them making Miles Morales uh, Scarlet Spider in order to um, to bring him into the universe without making it too confusing. Um, I could see them doing Spider-Gwen as much as I don't want them to. Uh it's a, she's a cool character. She has a cool comic, but she doesn't have a place in the the universe with Spider-Man because it just doesn't add up. Um, oh, so what I was saying is, um, but deaths, it's not just yeah. it, it isn't just the big characters though. Like they could have killed off Falcon. Yeah, that's the interesting thing. Like they so have. That, that's what off, I mean. Like like any of them. Yeah, that was the weird Black Widow. That is my one critique of. My, I have I have many critiques, but my biggest critique it's your of, one critique. My biggest critique of Civil War, yeah, uh, would be this was that was the movie that came to mind when I thought about death. Yeah, because in the comics there wasn't a lot of superhero death. There actually really was only one, and that was Goliath. Uh, but it was it was like the biggest one because like your guys' fighting caused a superhero's death. It wasn't some bad dude. Like, this is someone who is your friend mm-hmm. and that you cared about. It caused his death. Mm-hmm. Um, that impact is not in Civil War. As much as Ro- Roddy, Roddy getting shot, War Machine, out of the sky and becoming paralyzed, it sucks. But, like, we already see by the end of the movie that he's starting to walk again. Right. Like, it's he's not able to walk f- perfectly, but, like, he's still, he's attempting it. He's going through physical therapy. I said Falcon. I I meant War Machine, actually. Oh, okay. Well, hold on. I mean, either or. Either or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're both the side characters of yeah, the two mains. So you, you you catch my drift. I catch drift. Um, Hawkeye, I could see them killing off. It's interesting that uh, his would be weird. It would be out of nowhere. If yeah, his death would just be too out of the blue. Um, the other characters you, you really can't because you want to explore the Vision and Scarlet Witch relationship. Uh Black Widow, yeah. I don't know where her place is. Um, currently. I hope that we get more of her and her story expands, but her story kind of like ended with Hulk running off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can't kill Spider Man, and you can't kill Ant Man, because those are your two comic relief characters. Maybe um, that's what would be funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Winter Soldier 
they could have killed off. Yeah. I think that would have been a big thing for Steve if he died. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. But yeah. These are just things I think about. No, no, no. I agree. Uh that's why with if uh that's why with Avengers three, like uh it needs it needs to happen. As much as I don't want it to, because I love the actors who play these characters. I love the characters that have been written. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a single one where I went, nah, we could do without them. I I really enjoy all of them. Uh, it's going to suck when it does, but Thanos needs to come and just rip apart the Avengers. Yeah. Like who do you, who do you think would be will be the first to go? Um, who, I can see who do, who do you think's getting destroyed? I can see uh, Vision's getting destroyed. Um, Vision is dying in order for Thanos to get the mind gem. Um, yeah, which, that, that makes sense. Which totally. is going to be crazy with Scarlet Witch, and I'm interested to see what happens there. Uh, I'm really stuck between Iron Man and Captain America. Uh, you know you know why I feel like they're going to give... You know who I think they're going to give that death to? Who? Iron Man. I'm, and I'll tell you why. I think Robert Downey Jr. is done. Not only, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, he's he's middle aged now, and I'm sure he wants to do other stuff finally, yeah. um, acting or otherwise. But also, that dude, he's such a versatile and dynamic actor. He could give us one hell of a death. Yes, that's I think what so. I'm thinking. I'm not saying Evans couldn't. I'm yeah. just saying I can see Robert Downey Jr. pulling off a hell of a death scene. Yeah. So like I like I can I can well, see it being I don't know though because they hinted at it in uh the Ultron right hinted at what um well they hinted at everyone's death in Ultron which well, dang it which movie was it when he flies up into space and falls all the way back down that's the first Avengers no but th- th- did that not happen again. No, I don't think so. It's been so long since I've seen either Avengers movie. No, that was the first one. And the second one, he gets that weird, like, Scarlet Witch puts that fear in his head and he sees everyone dead. Okay, yeah, you're right. No, but that's the only time. No, yeah, okay, because that's when he says, does anyone want shawarma? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, have they not hinted at Iron Man, you know, almost dying in any of the other ones? Is it just uh, that he one? He almost died in the first Iron Man movie. Well, I mean, since the Avengers. Uh, No. I guess what I'm saying is, do you think that him dying would, would be too obvious? Because they've already hinted a couple times. <clears throat> yeah, not not hinted, but pushed. I it. think the pushed it. the one where he's going to. This is the tough one. It's to me. It needs to. It needs to be Iron Man. He's the he's he's the veteran. Do he's you, been there do the you longest. Think them giving him those moments is because they're teasing that he's. I don't know, and die. I. They could be doing the whole Hawkeye thing where you thought Hawkeye was going to die in Age of Ultron and it was Quicksilver. I can see Captain America dying and Bucky taking his place. Uh, the only thing about Bucky taking his place is you can suspend disbelief for comics, but they have shown with the movies that you can't. Uh, the whole Civil War thing happening. Like, we could have said, yeah, all this stuff is happening, but we're taking care of it. It's fine. Um, but it's not. The world is fed up. Uh, I cannot see 
the world accepting uh, Winter Soldier, Bucky, the man who has assassinated many uh, leaders of the free world, uh, becoming Captain America. As much as I want it, uh, I just I don't know if I can accept it in this in this universe uh, because I don't think the world would accept it. Um, even though they would keep it all classified and everything, uh, we've already seen in Civil War that they have painted Bucky as a terrorist um, and everything. So, I don't know. It's really interesting. I'm excited for it because I, I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, I know that Chris Evans loves the character and he loves playing the character, um, but that couldn't that could be not in their, their story. Uh, I don't know. I'm really interested to see what happens next. So we are now going to talk about our main topic. Uh, for those who have not seen this movie, this it's going to be filled with spoilers. So don't listen. You know, listen to after you've seen it. We're going to be talking about Thor Ragnarok. Uh, I'm giving you a lot of time to turn it off so that way we don't spoil anything. Um... So yeah, how much time just, should we give them? I'm ge- I'm going right into it now. I feel like I give I've given them enough time. Okay. Uh, I really enjoyed this movie. Me too. Uh, for those who are on the fence of seeing it, I would recommend that you do see it. Um, it's not really, it's not a movie that you need to be invested in the Marvel Cinematic Universe to really enjoy. Not at all, but um, it's just a really fun... It's so fun. Charming flick. Uh, I think the beauty of this, what I loved about this movie is that it's the first time that I feel like, ever since the first Avengers, that Thor is actually on the screen. Yeah. Um, as much as I love Chris Hemsworth portrayal in the first Thor movie, uh, I love to fish out of water kind of sequences. Anything after that is gone. Like, I don't see are the Thor that I've read in comics <clears throat> where he's kind of like this I am mightier than thou kind of I understood that that was like his character progression by the end of it where he was supposed to become more humble but as humble as Thor is he still has that cockiness um of that he is very confident that he'll beat someone in a fight right and you get that with in the first Avengers when he's like you were all so tiny you people are so petty, yeah, and tiny, and tiny. Uh, you, I, I understand that was him being manipulated by Loki, but uh, that's just how Thor is. And at the beginning of this movie, I love the beginning of this movie with Sadir, and he's like hanging on the chain, and he's like, wait, 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 and like the oh, chain, and he has to wait to yeah, spin around to when spin he's around hanging from the see. chain. Oh, I was. He's like, I'm not doing this. I swear. I swear, I'm not even moving. And it's so good because it just shows like Thor doesn't care, like he's not yeah. worried. Yeah, he's like he's not worried that he he's doesn't. Going to die. He doesn't see this as any sort of a real threat. No, he's and toying with man, the guy. I loved that action scene. Oh yeah, like, that battle where he's killing all those like magma creatures and he's he's just having fun with it. It was so good. I that loved was it. Epic. I was and did they do Immigrant Son? Yep, they did yeah. it twice. That scene that and then scene later at the end. Uh, I. I was in, I knew at that moment where I was going to enjoy myself. Yeah, it kind of um, it gets larger than life there when that song kicks in. Yeah, and the action sequences in this movie last longer than you think they're going to. Yeah, which is good because I thought that 
Well, I thought that the the fight with him and Hella could have been a bit longer. Mm-hmm. That's being picky, though. I still think this movie has longer Thor fight scenes than we've seen before. Yes. Uh, they find they finally give us. Oh my gosh, the scenes where he. I think it's in the very first battle scene against the magma creatures, like you were just saying, where he's throwing his hammer and his yes. hammer's blasting through yes. them and, and as he's I, fighting. I love that. That was, it was so cool. It wasn't just like he threw his hammer and then, like he was just standing there, and it was like dude, dude, dude. No, he's they like brawling. Yeah, he's like fist fighting these creatures mm-hmm. while his hammer's like flying through them. I, I loved that. I thought oh, it was, was so, so cool good because it was attention to detail. Yeah. Um, and you. You get that a lot, uh, especially at the end when he has his lightning powers and he's fighting the he's fighting all the undead creatures, and you see like electricity flying off his back, attacking the creatures behind him, which I thought was kind of cool. I was like, yeah, that's that's showing that he's aware of his surroundings, he's aware of what's happening. Um, yeah, the only I will get these out of the way because I'm going to we're going to talk about this movie. I love this movie. Uh, it is in my top five. Uh, it pushed. I, I haven't. Say, I haven't done the math yet, but I feel like mine. It would make mine. I. I, I can't make it, any promises it yet. It pushed. It pushed Ant Man out uh, into six category. I'd hope um, so. It's a really good movie. Yeah, and my critiques are the beginning is rushed. Uh, in my opinion, getting to where he is on. Um, I forgot Silas or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Solus, getting to that point was rushed, in my opinion. And I think the reason why is because the director went, we have these first two movies that set up a lot of lore, and I don't want to deal with that. Uh, I I am very confident that that is one of the reasons why. Mm -hmm. Um, He went, I really don't want to deal with these movies, so I am going to put everything I can to into, like, the first... 20 to 30 minutes of this movie mm-hmm. uh, from the last two movies and catch us up to where we are. Right. Um, cin- cinematically, it does feel a little quick how, yeah. how they just jump right into it. Part of me likes that because it wasn't, how it wasn't many just, times do we need- It wasn't just the jumping in, though. That prologue, you know? It wasn't the jumping in. It was how fast everything was happening. Um, like, if they would have just- Jumped into Hello coming back and then him going, uh, him going into the other place. It would have been. I think it would have been fine. Um, it was the him coming back, though the Sadir fight, which was fun. Yes, it was after the Sadir fight up to when Hello arrives. That whole sequence there is. These are things that happened in the past two movies, and we're just blowing through them, like because mm-hmm. we. I'm. I really don't want to deal with the past two movies. Um, he comes back. He deals with Loki almost like immediately. Uh, then they go to Earth. There's a little snippet of Jane broke up with you. Okay, we don't have to worry about Jane anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, we go back. Oh, look, it's Odin from the past two movies. Oh, Odin's dead. Uh, okay, now we're like, Hela shows up. Now we're on this other place. And then even with that, Hela's like, oh, here are the Warriors 3. They were actually pretty competent fighters. They're dead. They're dead now. Um, and they didn't really focus. Yeah, I w- so I was interested. It, it, I was intrigued by the fact that they just killed off the Warriors they just, three. They just killed off the Warriors three. Uh, it felt wrong. They but... didn't even like it. wasn't It was very unceremoniously too. Like she shows yeah. up and they die. 
Um, yeah, uh, the big the big dude. I always forget his name. Valstag. Valstag. Yeah. He just goes down. Just goes down. Like quick. <laughs> yeah, and then the one that uh, made it at the longest. Uh, I always forget his name. He's the Asian one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but like he, he put up a little more of a fight. A little bit. Like it was, he hit her once. A fraction. Yeah. More. And then she killed him. And it was just like his probably got the most ceremonious. Uh, because ceremonious because he he died actually fighting her, where she shows up and literally just kills the other two right off the bat. Yeah. Um. And I I saw it by the way that she killed those two and then left Scourge. And that is when I was like, okay, they killed off those two characters because because those three characters were in the other movies. Um, the only true the only characters they kept from the other movies were Heimdall, Loki, and Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, yeah, those are literally the only characters that they kept from the original first two movies. I mean, I think a big part of it is because of who they cast as Heimdall. Yeah. Um, and the Heim- warrior, the Warriors three for anyone who's read volumes of Thor are way more important, way more important to Thor than Heimdall. Yes, I just i I want to tell everyone out there right now, Heimdall. Okay, Idris Elba playing Heimdall it's, is different than just Heimdall. Heimdall. He's become larger than life because yeah. of Idris Elba. Yeah, not that he's not a cool character. He's he's the all seer. He's super yeah. powerful. But the Warriors three are a way more integral part of Thor's exact yeah, timeline. They're, they're his best friends. Yes. Um. And so and more was, or less his sidekicks. Yeah. You just call them like, sidekicks. Like it's Thor, Sif, and the Warriors three. And so was Sif even in this movie? Sif isn't even in the movie. So. This is where I did have a problem with that. This is where I did have a problem cri- with that. This is where my critiques come in, is the lack of Sif anywhere. Mm-hmm. I was hoping mm-hmm. that she was with Heimdall. No mention. No mention of her. When Thor comes back, he's upset that his people are going to die. Like there's no, like there's no emotion about like his three best friends are dead. Yeah, and it's like yeah. it's this weird moment where it seems like he's closer to Loki. And which makes sense, but he's closer to Loki and Heimdall than he is to his three best friends. Uh, and you know, I think what distracts you from that as the viewer is because he spent some time, you know, rebonding yeah. with Hulk and then spending time with Valkyrie. Yeah. And going to Ragnarok and, you know, um, pardon me, going to um, the Grandmaster's um, planet. planet and you know, doing what he did there and then coming back, I think it kind of distracts from all that because he has all this other crap that he's dealing with. Yeah. And so, um, and I understand that. I think another reason- But it's still reason- weird because even though the viewer's distracted from it, like I, I kind of forgot about it. It yeah. wasn't really until after I got out of the movie that I was like, "Wait, where the hell's Sif?" And yeah. he didn't care about the Warriors 3 being gone. He, no. Or, or no mention of him of being like, you know- Vostag, nope. Yeah. You know, he didn't he didn't like, you know, list off their names to anyone like did they make it out or anything? It just kind of nope, they're gone. Yeah. And you and he's not even going to talk about it. It's I think the biggest thing is that they didn't they didn't grow them as characters enough for the first two movies. They were there. But I feel like his they focused way too much on his relationship with Jane. Um and his relationship with Loki. Yeah, it, for so they they weren't able to grow those as the beginning of Thor, 
the first one where he goes into the battle with the frost giants mm-hmm. and they're all there and they're having fun together. I would say the first Thor did very well with that. Like it that very, one scene is awesome. Yeah, it's it did a very good job at showing how the war Sif and the Warriors three really care about Thor, and mm-hmm. Thor cares about them. Yeah, uh, that's also the first uh, tidbit of comedy we get from uh, from Thor too. That part where where he says uh, where <laughs> the the frost giant growls and he goes ah like back at him. Yeah, that's the first one. Yeah, in the in the first one. Yeah. Yeah, that's I'm saying that's that's the first bit of comedy we yeah. ever get from Thor. I, I feel yes. I feel like it's yeah. him mocking a frost yeah. giant. And then the second one is him destroying the the rock creature that shows up. Yeah, and he's just all like, nope. Yeah, but um, so so yeah, I, okay, I, I'm, so I'm with you. That was that I'm with would, you. I would say the execution of side characters is one of my biggest critiques. I liked Scourge, but I feel like by the end of it. Uh, why was Scourge there? Uh, I just feel right. I loved Carl Urban. I loved the character, but I feel like he really didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, like he was just there. Mm-hmm. Uh, where Hella commanded every scene she was in, mm-hmm. um, and he was in a lot of scenes with her, and so it just uh, he was supposed to be like the the dumb side character for the villain, uh, but by the end of it, he just. It didn't to me. It didn't work as well, uh, and the as much as I loved his guns, Des and Troy, which is destroy. That was funny. Uh, they come out of nowhere at the very end. Like he has his axe, and then all of a sudden he's on the ship with his two machine guns. Well, doesn't he show those those females earlier on in the movie? At the very beginning, his guns. His, I, and, I I remembered that. And but, then, it, it but yeah, shows, it, it is a little abrupt. Yeah, and then it shows it again. Like he's looking at the gun, and then he drops the gun and grabs the hammer, mm-hmm. or the the axe, and so. Like they just come out of nowhere. Also, they had crazy amounts of ammo, for how much assault rifles have. Oh yeah, <laughs> like that was insane. But movies always do I, that. I understand. That. I'm kind of used but to then, that. But then they actually did the like he ran out of ammo. I'm like, those magazines. You know, he would have run out like <laughs> minutes earlier. Yeah, like his first, like five or six kills. Like he was just going. Mm-hmm. I was like, "That's a this, this is a video game right here." Guess uh, bullets are free to them. They are free. No. Um. So I would say those would be my main critiques. As much as I love Heimdall, he wasn't very impactful. Uh, they gave him. He had some cool screen time. Yeah, but he didn't like. Well, I don't know. He uh he saved the Asgardians. He he led them, but like that's that's why I'm, I'm saying a little is, let down that. Um, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I'm, what I'm saying is he does you keep him re- pretty safe, doesn't he? You could have replaced her with Sif, him with Sif, and it would have been the same thing. Um, but he is the all seer. Yeah. So I understand why I understand I love, why he I under I get why he of all people would be the one leading them because he yeah. can see everything. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just felt like. I love the character. I was glad he was there, but something was off with it. Um, I did love the moment where uh, Loki shows up in the ship and saves him, and uh, and then Idris was like, "I totally saw you coming," <laughs> and Loki's like, "I'm sure you did." <laughs> um, so I I would say those are my main critiques. Uh, I know that you have. A little issue with the ending that was very anticlimactic. Um, um, 
it was a little anticlimactic. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of cool uh, that Thor actually caught Satan. Satir? Satir. Yeah. Yeah. Satan. 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 <laughs> no, uh, I keep saying his name all sorts of wrong ways. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he did capture the crown. That part was so funny. He's like, I thought it was just an eyebrow. Yeah. Isn't that what he says? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, I thought that was just your eyebrows. Yeah. Um, I mean, he did capture him or, or capture his crown. Yeah. So, like you were saying when we were hanging out earlier, he did take down uh, Hela in essence because that was that wouldn't be there. That that option no. to kill her with him. No, and it, it was his plan. It was his plan. Yeah. So yeah. I give Thor some brains points for that one. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I I wish I wish the, the 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 fight at the end with him and Hela had been longer though. Yeah, I think I wish were, it, had, it, it, it was it had, already a long movie. Yeah, um, I think they were just trying to make sure it didn't run too long. Right. Um, and honestly, for for all the pacing issues that this movie had, and we the, um, it didn't kill anything. It didn't kill the vibe. No. Um, and also, and the, let's the, be real. The pacing like, issue is really only at the beginning. Yeah. Like, as soon as he gets to that, the Grandmaster's planet, the pacing, re- it slows down, and you start, and they, they're showing Hela's whole thing, but they're showing that for when Thor shows up and sees everything that's happening. I think when you're trying to make a movie that has lots of color in it, and there's lots of things going on. At the end of the day, it's just really, really hard to make a, make a movie where those things are all perfect and yeah. you know there are no mistakes. Yeah. You know. Uh, no, and I think what happens is everyone sees his final fight with Hela as only the scene where he's electrified, and I feel like a lot of people are ignoring his fight with her in the the throne room. Oh, I, yeah, I remember <clears> that too. And to me, that is. To me, that's part of his fight with her, and so I yeah, feel like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like if you I, put I those together, that. it's a it's a bit longer. Um, kind of like round one, round two. Yeah. Whereas I feel like Ironmonger was a short fight. Oh yeah, and all the I Iron still Man... like that. I still. I'm gonna interrupt for a second. Yeah. I, a lot of people have told me recently that they don't like Jeff Bridges' character uh, in that movie, and I liked it. I thought Ironmonger was handled. Kind Very of, well. kind of, well, I mean, like the fight, the the fight yeah. was handled kind of whatever. Yeah, but like I, I liked his portrayal of that character. I don't, yeah, I don't know how Obadiah was supposed to be done differently. What do you think? I, it's, I mean, it's in my top five. I, I, I liked I've, it. I've enjoyed it every time. Um, I think people, people tend to forget that it was the first one, and so when they go back and rewatch it, they're like, oh, he's just evil Iron Man. It's like, well, he was the first, like, he was the first Marvel villain. He's the first Iron Man villain. Yeah. And so we didn't have that concept. And so when that happened, I actually, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was kind of freaky, like the giant yeah. Iron Monger suit. I mean, when, you, when you're when you watching it at first, like, wait, how the heck is he going to beat yeah. this guy? But, yeah, so you have that, uh, the second Iron Man boss battle was, t- like, short, uh, even the Red School fight, yeah, oh yeah, wasn't long. Very forgettable. Um, I don't know. I it's f- not that I think the Hella fight was short. It's that I don't know. It doesn't. The, in, the it insatiable doesn't end with, side of my of my viewership, yeah, 
craved a longer fight. It wasn't a Thor beats Hela um, fight. And I think the reason that is is because they showed Hela is stronger than Thor. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. She just is and a little they, bit more OP. I think the biggest thing is they showed that Asgard is the people, it's not the place. Hela was around the people longer, so her power was way stronger than Thor's. As much as he... Him having Odin's power at the very end and having that electrified, like, god of lightning, god of thunder power, um, it gave him... Lord of Thunder, as Jeff Goldblum called him. It gave him that amplified ability to to go toe-to-toe with her uh, in moments. But we saw at the very beginning that they didn't even have a chance. They didn't even stand a chance uh, when she crushes Mjolnir and then... uh, chases them through the rainbow bridge. You know, they never really do ex- yeah, they never really do explain to the the audience how she's able to crush the hammer like I, is she just that strong or was it through magic or So <clears throat> also um, that you bring up that point um is there going is there going to be just no more Mjolnir for Thor? I don't know. It's that's interesting. I how, I mean they where could, do you go from there? They <laughs> could bring it back. It would be cool if he had his battle axe. Yeah. Um, that he uses in uh, the comics. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. But the way she's able to crush Mjolnir is it was hers uh, originally. And so not only can she pick it up and wield it, uh, but I think she has the power to destroy it. I think Thor has the power to, to destroy it. Um, well, presumably it could have been salvaged. I don't know. Yeah. You could melt all the whatever the hell it's made out of and then shape it back together. Yeah. I think it was more of a, it was some, a symbolic thing. Yeah. To show that Thor's power didn't rely on his hammer, Mm -hmm. uh, that he had the power. I love the line when, when Anthony Hopkins or Odin (laughs) says, uh, says, are you the God of hammers? Yeah. That was such a good line. Yeah. Are you the, The are you the God of thunder? Yeah. He uh, he looks really ba with the lightning coming out of his it's eyes. It's so cool, and, and so the electricity. One thing I will give props to Marvel for is that was not in the trailer. It was for a brief moment when that line where she's like, "What were you the god of again?" And then he like falls down and he's all electrified. That's not the first moment you see it. You see it when he fights Hulk and he does the upper punch. Yeah, when he up, when he uppercuts Hulk, yeah, you see the that the was not in punch. the trailer. Like he's just normal Thor in that upper punch, that uppercut punch, uh, in the trailer, uh, and then also in that scene when he lands, he has both eyes, uh, whereas in the movie he is missing one eye in that scene, um, which I think is cool that they that they edited that in to the tra- like after the trailer to to keep spoilers away. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um. They're getting smarter. Yeah. Because the audiences a, are getting smarter. We have an eye patch Thor now. Kind of a Thor Odin look. Yeah. Uh, so. Odin Thor. We talked about the criticisms um, and the critiques. I loved pretty much everything about this movie. Yeah, I love, I love this <laughs> Other movie. Other than those critiques. Um, it was funny. It was, it was witty. It was. It was fun. Like, the Thor-Hulk battle was so 
well done where mm-hmm. you just showed the it showed the brute strength of Hulk uh where he just decimates but then it showed the Oh, and cunning... you got to love Loki's reaction. Yes. yes. That's how it feels. Yeah, when Hulk does it, the th- he does the smash that he did to Loki in the first one. Which is a great callback to a much older Marvel movie. Yeah. Uh and or when like when Hulk shows up and Loki's like, "I need to get out of here." Yeah. Um and it's just it's they as much as they tried to forget that the first two movies happened, like they tried to say, "Okay, we're moving on." There's a lot of nuanced continuity in this movie. Yeah. Um, that is really well done. Like, I think it's... And self-awareness. Like, at yeah. one point, doesn't someone say, oh, you look like him, to Thor? Like, doesn't someone say someone say something about him looking similar to Loki? And, and, he, and he goes, I'm not as greasy or as... Or uh, as does, I don't he say, remember off the top of my head. He says something about how he's... Less weaselly or not as not as Probably, greasy. Probably, yeah. I could be uh, forgetting the frame of reference, but he does he does make a comment about how Loki's a weasel with greasy yeah, hair. Yeah. <laughs> um. I don't. I don't know. It's a. Uh, it's just fun. The the what I loved about that battle is you also saw. It wasn't just Hulk and Thor fighting, because. Uh, to most people, you think Hulk, strongest Avenger, which is a joke in this movie, actually. Yeah, that was uh, hilarious. Strongest just, Avenger. Strongest Avenger. Uh, because he, he is, like, physically he is the strongest. And so you're like, oh, if he goes against Thor, he's going to beat Thor. But then what I loved is we saw Thor coming out as a warrior. And right. So, like he came out and he like he knew the advantages of Hulk. The best way I could put it to someone who's never read comic books is it's like Hulk Tyson can... versus uh Muhammad Ali. Right. Yeah. Um yeah, that's a good analogy. Um or I, I was just going to say Hulk can just take a lot of hits and yeah. he can hit very hard, but he's very limited outside of just brute strength. Yes. Whereas he has no versatility. Thor is Smarter, yeah. By Miles, has way more experience in combat, yeah. Has magical powers, which helped him at the end, yeah. And his his strength level is comparable. Yes, he is. N- he is not that far below. Yeah. It is. It is like a fraction. Yeah. Smaller. I would say that every time we've seen him, he's been holding back. I was gonna say. Well, I was saying to Kevin, I feel like they kind of. Like him getting when he got t- taken down on the uh, in the uh, in the garbage dump area, mm-hmm. I just thought he was taken down a little too easy. I may, well, may, maybe was... there's, maybe there's some sort of explanation for that, but I I feel like there are scenes where Hulk Hulk where Thor gets taken down a little too yeah. easy. He he was shot in with the net with that at the very beginning, wasn't mm-hmm. he? Yeah, I think. I think there's a difference between what I liked about that is they didn't have people going up and taking him down in a fist fight. Yeah, like because they he, weren't going to win. Yeah, like I feel like this is technology that were to us looks like a simple net with electricity. But you're saying it might not just be like what we have here on Earth. Yes, I think it's more. I mean, they captured Hulk, so that, it's, that's it's true. Like, this is technology that. 
affects superhuman I see, I see what you're saying, yeah. yeah. That makes a little more sense to me now. No, like, if it was... It was also that moment when he reached for his hammer, and then he got shot with a net. Yeah. Because he didn't have Mjolnir. Yeah. Uh, and so, I, I understood that. Um... I felt like any time that he... Oh, God, when he's pulling the hammer and you hear the sound. and Oh, in he, Doctor he, Strange's... Yeah, and he's like, it's coming. He's like, I'm, I'm very sorry about this. <laughs> and you can just hear... Oh, that Doctor Strange scene. I really enjoyed it. Really like, nice touch. It, really like, nice touch. It's part of the, the rushed part that I enjoyed the most. Um, yeah, that was it was a rushed part was, of the movie, but, yeah. but I still... And this is something uh, Ben brought up. You have wizards here now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what I loved that Ben brought up is it showed how powerful Doctor Strange is. Oh, when he like he screws with Loki. Yeah. That like, was cool. Just like oh, when Loki's like, I've been falling for thirty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, what? And, and when he sends Loki through the door, doesn't. Uh, before Loki goes through the door or through the portal he's thing like, that he makes. He's like, you haven't messed with a real sorcerer before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, he's just you like, call eh. yourself a sorcerer. Yeah. And he's just all like, whoosh. <laughs> yeah. Because um, Doctor Strange is and how they were crazy just powerful. teleporting all over the sanctum. Mm-hmm. It was just like right off the bat. No, I I really enjoyed that. I'm excited for Doctor Strange 4 Avengers to see what they do. Um, but yeah. What, what did I not touch on about the movie? There's every cool, time the immigrant song the comes on, immigrant song Thor kicks butt. There's awesome cameos for those who did not notice. There was uh, Matt Damon, Sam Neill, and Luke, uh, Chris Hemsworth's older brother Luke Hemsworth, who portray them as yeah uh, characters in a play. I loved that scene. It's so fun. That was a great scene. It's such a great scene. And uh, oh, I love the the line where. <clears throat> uh, they're talking about how many times Loki has tried to kill them. Mm-hmm. And uh, Thor goes, yeah, like, there was this one time when we were little, and he transformed into a snake. And then I, because I, you know how, he knows how much he, I love snakes. Because he, no, no, he, he knows how fond of snakes I am. And then yeah, I pick up, up the snake, and, he and goes, then he, he, goes, he goes, ah, and he then stabs me with a knife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? What is this story? It's so random, because for anyone else, it would be like, they go over to talk to their sibling. Yeah. And then, like, like if the person was, like, let, let's say, like, in a, I don't know, in a superhero setting, you'd think it would be the person would transform into something harmful. Yeah. But it's a snake, and he's like, I went over over to admire the snake. Because he knows how much he, he And he scares I, him by I, turning back into dude, himself. So, and then stabs him. Yeah. It's just like, that was so funny. Because but he's, like, he, whisper, he's, he's whispering over to Valkyrie. Yeah. But I love how he... And Bruce he Banner. says it in like a like a nostalgic kind of way. Yeah, like he's, he's like, oh, like, it was so funny. It's like he's it's like that's my brother. Or it's, like, or, or no, so, it's so classic. Yeah, classic Loki stabbing people, and it's just like it was. I don't know the way it was delivered. The only, I think the only line where I went ah, that didn't fit was when Thor said, "Oh my god." Um, because that's oh, does he say that? Yeah, it's when the oh. guy melts in the chair. And he goes, "Oh my god!" And it's like, it's, I mean, it it. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if he which said, "Oh my god," which doesn't, which doesn't make sense because he's he's a god. Yeah, like I don't know. Just the if he would, because he said by Odin's beard in this movie. Did uh, he really? He did, which I thought was funny. Um, but it would have been fun if he said like 
he's like, if he would have said it then, he's like, Odin's beard. The, yeah. Like, Odin's beard. Yeah, like. Yeah, you're right. Just the that line was when I was like, okay. Like, oh, the melt stick moment, the callback. Oh, yeah. When, when it's like, why she, are you giving she me the melt stick? He, what, 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 what did uh, he say again? He's like, why are you giving me the melt stick? Yeah. He's like, this isn't. This isn't uh, an unforgivable mistake. <laughs> uh, that was really Jeff good. Jeff Goldblum is Jeff incredible. Goldblum stole the show in every scene he's in. <laughs> that guy is still one of my all-time favorite actors. Just for any other planet, per- personality. I'd be like a million years old here. And he like <laughs> he gives this look of like I'm this. I'm I'm so sexy. Yeah, like it's so funny because Loki and Thor are just like. What are you doing? Yeah, I love I love Jeff Goldblum's character. Uh, the uh, one of the best grandmaster, right? Yes. Yeah. One of the best characters was Krog and Meek. Craig. Uh, Korg. Korg. Sorry. Korg. Korg and Meek. Who I've are... been doing that voice all day. Yeah. Hey, man. And so, for those who do not know, Korg <laughs> is the voice of the director of the movie. Um. Oh yeah. Uh, which is awesome because he is native New Zealander. Yeah, you can tell. And so he has this very, like, He reminds chill... me so much of Jermaine. Yeah, he has this chill New Zealand accent from Concords. And he's just like, oh, it's so funny. He has some of the best lines in the movie where there's, like, this dead guy. His name's Doug. He's like, oh, that's Doug. And he's like, that's Doug. <laughs> and and Thor's like, well, who's Which last... is such a funny name, but it's a guy yeah. in space who got killed. Named Doug. And his name's Doug. Yeah. That's awesome. And I loved when Thor's just like, uh, he's like, well, who was the last? Who was the last champion to fight, or who was the last one to fight the champion? Well, that was Doug. Yeah. Well, how did it go? Hey, Doug. Oh, Doug's dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and then, then he like, like oh, runs up. He's like, uh, he's gonna go fight him. He goes, yeah. Another day, another Doug. Well, he goes, he goes, bye, new Doug. Yeah, bye, and new then, Doug. And then when he like gets smashed by Hulk at the end, that's when he's like, another day, another Doug. Yeah, and, and then, then oh my gosh, when he's talking about it's okay, the foundations are probably the, intact, and then it blows up. Yeah. And he goes, no foundation, no foundation. But he has like a whole monologue about how they can come together, and Asgard yeah. can now be a place where people <laughs> yeah. come to, and then it just explodes. And he goes, "There's no more foundation," <laughs> and he's holding Meek, and then at the very end, when he's like, "Yeah, where's where's Meek from? Like, what's Meek's planet like? Oh, Meek's dead. Yeah, <laughs> I've just I stepped on him." I've been, and I've just felt bad, so rock, I've been holding him. Rock versus them. scissors. Yes. Callback. Oh, that is amazing too. That he talks about how the only thing he could defeat was scissors because he's made out of rock, and then yeah. he steps on Meek, who is made out of. He has the scissor blades. hands. Yeah, and then that's how he dies, and he beats him that way. And then like Meek comes back to life. I think he's like, "Oh, you're alive, Meek." Okay. Um. What else is worth touching on about this movie? The soundtrack is incredible. The soundtrack's really great, yeah. I'm buying that on vinyl. Uh uh the special effects I thought. There the were special some, effects there are were just some superb. moments where in the fights where I could tell it was CG. I think it was more that I was watching it in 3D that that stood out more. Oh, you saw it in 3D. Yeah. And I didn't. but for the most part the I would say just the practical effects were really good, and most of the CG. Not only does it look good, but there are times when the CG bleeds into the practical effects. Yeah, like it actually looks like it could, it might be be practical. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's really good. Oh, um, I will touch on one thing. The ships are cool. What's up, Kate Blanchett? 
is sexy. She she's she really attractive. Fine. She's really attractive. Super attractive. Did you think she was more attractive in this than as the elf? Oh yeah, as the elf, hands down. She she is pretty attractive in this movie. Yeah, but she's also like the kind of attractive like, you know, a crazy goth chick. How you, you know, you're probably terrified of her. I'd make out with you, her in a dark room. Oh my gosh! But I wouldn't take her home to my parents. I respect that. Yeah. She'd scare me too much. You couldn't make out with her in... I was going to make a really, really lame joke. I was going to say you couldn't make out with her in a room full of lights because she would melt. And I don't know why. Because it doesn't make any sense. What? <laughs> That's why I didn't no. actually say it. No, that, just, that, it has to be a dark room because no, she would scare me too much. No, that was like, that was like me saying that was like... In an asterisk, or with an asterisk next to it over here in the corner. This uh, is what this is what came into my brain. Why? Well, I didn't say it. I know. I mean, I did say it, but I like immediately That's stopped. That's funny. Um, <laughs> cause she, cause she'd melt. Well, I would say let's let's give people to watch it again. Go enjoy it again. If you listen to this even without watching it, we highly recommend it. If you didn't care about spoilers, uh, I would say. This is my analysis, actually. This is my professional analysis. As a comic book nerd, just loving everything about this movie, I give it. I actually gave this movie originally an 8.5. I thought about the criticisms more. I give it an 8. Um, it's a solid movie. It has its flaws. It has its plot flaws and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the acting sometimes isn't up to par. Uh, as a non-comic book fan... As a non-comic book nerd, I actually do give this movie like a 7.3, 7.5. I can see a person going in. As a comedy, this movie is excellent. Just as a movie in general, with a lot of the plot point issues, uh, I can can see a person not enjoying themselves if they're not into this kind of stuff. Right. Um, And another movie that got brought up... Because it's not heady. It isn't like it's really, really... There's no really big tension. But but the thing about it is that I could see... You're You're talking about folks who aren't into comics, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's so... The plot of Thor and Asgard and all that is just so ridiculous. Yeah. It's so over the top. Yeah. Um... I could see a lot of people just saying, oh, this is stupid. Yes. Because it's way more over the top than the previous two. It However, is. for me, and I think you feel the same way, this movie actually makes me just really bummed out for the first two. I'm never going to yes. watch those first two again. Yeah, I really just need to watch this one. Um, no, and I, I'm in the same boat. Uh, that's why, I, as me as a comic book fan, I actually give this a higher rating than most movies. Um, just because... I enjoyed it so much. I wish I could give it higher than an eight. Um, I think because of... It gets a couple point fives taken off of it, though. Yeah. Um, for for different criteria. Uh, and that's... As, as a movie, as just a generic run-of-the-mill moviegoer, or let's just say a movie critic. As a movie critic, I can... I... Breaking down everything about this movie, uh, as someone who has to take everything objectively and uh, from a non-biased point of view, uh, I would say <clears throat> around 7.5, if not lower. 
Um, not lower than a 7.2. No, um, definitely not. But uh, so between there. Uh, but as but a, I don't think critics thought that. I mean, like the, the Rotten Tomatoes score was good. Critics did enjoy it. Yeah. Well, anything I would say anything past the six is enjoyable. Six. When I'm getting six down, is a, six is a D. Yeah. When I'm getting down into a six is what I'm, I mean. I guess from from my standards, when, if I give something a six, it means I probably liked parts of it. Yeah. And not most of it. And then seven is for for me a seven is I enjoyed most of it. There was flaws that kept me from. Really just loving falling, it, falling into loving it. Uh, eight is I enjoyed almost everything about this movie. It just uh, had some, it had some, it fired thoughts. on cylinders. Uh, there was some moments, and then a nine and a like, I, I think, I don't think I've given a 10 to anything. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't really give out tens because to me, that the nine, that's a the new, nine that means a perfect movie. The, yeah, to me, the, a nine is just what I give to a movie that it's like, what can you, what more can you expect? Yeah. Um, there, there's no such thing as a perfect movie. Yeah, I would say the closest is, uh, in reality, I would say Blade Runner twenty forty nine is the probably the closest to a ten, um, that you could get. But I wouldn't give it to it a ten because I still have flaws with it. Um, yeah, well, I mean, also a lot of people I think would disagree because the movie is so heady and so it's it, it could be taken by a lot of people as uh, pretentious. It's, I guess no, it's, it's the definition of how like, would it be pretentious? It's complex and it's extremely nuanced and way over most people's head. I guess I'm pretentious then. <laughs> I mean, not necessarily. <laughs> well, dude. I don't know. I, I, I guess, feel like I, I feel guess, like a well, lot of movies handhold well, a lot these well, days, and so I love a movie like this where it, it doesn't. No, it doesn't, and that's not a bad thing. But no. I could totally see that being misconstrued as pretentious. Okay. The same way, like bands, to me, like like uh, Rush or Porcupine Tree or Tool are misconstrued as pretentious because really because okay. their lyrical their lyrical matter and their musical content is asking more of the listener than just here's a beat and a catchy melody. They're giving you all Maybe these... it's why I like those bands so much. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just like yeah. it's just like I don't know. It's just giving it's giving you more. But see, to me, that's what makes a movie like Blade Runner 2049 so awesome. Yes. Like without that the movie isn't as good. But yeah. I like that. I look for mm-hmm. that in movies. I suppose if I was to give a movie a 10, for me, it'd probably be Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. There's nothing that I would change about the whole movie. That's true. Yeah. And especially if you put it, you know, in context, like for its time, it's just really special. I would take Leia kissing Luke out, but that would be the only thing. <laughs> it almost <laughs> it almost makes... Uh, it more entertaining and more ridiculous. It's entertaining, but like you go back. Well, no, because they don't. Because they don't know. Well, it's entertaining, but like you go back. Well, then Leia says somehow she's always known. She's always known, and then you have it. Just makes it just makes Lucas look kind of like a fool. Um, that he made these three movies without a plan. Um, he had a plan by the third one, but it's like you didn't you didn't think about this until the third one. Yeah, to me, it's. I mean, it still works though. If like, it's the only. It's the only scene that I don't like. In you could also say that uh, the problem is is not that, but it's Leia saying she's always known in Return of the Jedi, which yes. I actually I lean more towards that. Yeah. Um. Because I mean, it's a combination. 
what can that, you do? Because that, but line, but that line at the end isn't as bad with without that scene. Right. Um, but uh, I still don't give Empire a, a perfect 10, but it's really no. good. I mean, doesn't that movie have a crazy re- review on Rotten Tomatoes as well? Um, isn't that isn't that a 95%? Probably. It's up there. I think the only... There's only a couple hundred percents. I know that story, Toy Story 1 and 2, or 1 and 3 have a 100%, and Toy Story 2 has a 99. I think it's the highest rated trilogy on Rotten Tomatoes, mm. uh, which I actually do give Toy Story 3 that rating. I love that movie. And the first one's awesome as well. I still time. haven't seen the third one. It's so good. Uh, so yeah, that's Thor Ragnarok. Uh, those are our ratings. Um, that was a good talk, though. Yeah, I liked uh, that talk. We, we recommend the movie. Uh, favorite recent reads? Hey, did you do you have one? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I have mine in front of me. Actually, I'd like to get an Instagram of this if we can. So my favorite recent read is uh, TMNT uh, Volume Four: Sins of the Fathers. Um, at this point in the story, they're starting to delve more into uh, Casey's abusive dad. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, Casey comes down to their little, you know, headquarters area when the guys are messing around. Their guys, their guys are playing some uh, fictional version of Twister that has like a different name. Okay, and uh, basically, um. Casey comes in with like a, a swollen face and Raphael storms out the door, goes to Casey's dad's place mm-hmm. and is about to like, he's, he's like going to rough him up. Yeah. Splinter tracks him down and, uh, takes his side from him. And there's this crazy monologue with Splinter. He has the side to Casey's dad's throat. Okay. And he's like, would you have me do this? Is yeah. this, is this what you think is this, is this what you think is right? That's crazy. And he gets in this long like existential like monologue and like he convinces Raph like you can't be so hot-headed and Splinter talks about how he was just that way when he was younger. Huh. And he said That's it was cool. Yeah, it's really cool. He says it wasn't until that he met their cuz in this version remember the turtles are reincarnated. Um I've I've touched on that mm-hmm. when I was mentioning the first two volumes not yeah. not the last one but the I, I believe it's volume 1 um the turtles are reincarnated in this version so they were once real people and splinter is their real father so anyways in this one um there's that there's that little callback and he talks about how it was only through his wife and through having kids that he that he actually learned how to calm it okay and so like splinter basically became the leader he is and the father he is um, because of, he said because of meeting their mom <clears throat> and like learning her compassion and stuff. Okay. So that's some cool character background. And then uh, there's more of Krang in this one, General Krang. And uh, there's some, so Krang is from a different <clears throat> dimension. He's from, uh, gosh, what's it called? Plan- I think they refer to it as Planet X. It's it's not in a different a different planet from our dimension it's it is literally like from a different dimension okay anyways his uh his little hideout layer whatever you want to call it gets breached by this other 
like you don't really know who they are. This this other people and they break in and they're you know shooting the place up and mm-hmm. anyways it it shortly gets diffused but Krang's just pissed and uh you see a lot there's, there's a lot of crazy ridiculous sci-fi stuff going on in this one scene that you you don't really get a lot of answers to but uh it's it just it's just there for story de- development and then at the same time shredder is losing faith in his granddaughter leading the foot so he's thinking of having leonardo Interesting. Be turned. That's cool. How he's gonna do that, I have no idea. But it's so crazy. Yeah. So. Yeah. I need to. I need to catch up on those. No, it's really cool. I, I'm. I'm liking <clears throat> it a lot. Um, it's weird to me. I think I say this every time that Kevin Eastman is rehashing his own i his own creation because he was the original. N- not 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 yeah not not rehashing he's reinventing rehashing yeah. would be doing the same thing over again yeah. he's he's redoing the entire thing that he created but still keeping true to the characters absolutely yeah. in yeah. fact if anything the characters are now more themselves than ever than ever because there's even a line where Raph says to Leo he says uh, oh Leo I guess even you can make mistakes I always figured you for the smart he goes, he goes and you were the smart one of the group and then Donnie says second smartest and and <laughs> then cool. and then uh, yeah. uh, Leo says whatever it's really funny that's fun yeah so there's there's lots of those great moments uh, in the story it's a good read oh and then more uh, more development as to like the inclusion of April and Casey like actually as part of their group okay. Ka- Casey's now living with them okay that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so my favorite recent read would have to be Rat Queens Volume 4. Uh, this has been a long time coming, actually, uh, because after Volume 3, there was a huge uh, falling out with the ardor, the ardor, the writer and the artist. And so they actually stopped for a long time. And... Then they restarted again, but with a, it was like a season 2.0, and it doesn't leave off where the third volume ends, so it's weird because when the, with the third volume, I was almost done with it, Uh, it was losing my interest by the third one, Uh, this one reinvigorates all of that, uh, I loved this book. It was very self-aware. Um, it was meta. Uh, it was fourth wall breaking, just like the originals were. Uh, it felt more... They they brought in the D&D elements even more, which was cool, and it was fun. Um, they brought in other, like, adventuring groups, which you could bond over. And it, it's weird. It's I mean, it's still the... They rebooted the the series, but in a different way. Like, it's just it's a year later from Volume Three, and so the stuff that they were planning on doing happened, uh, and they just continued on without really explaining what happened, which I think is really interesting. Um, I enjoy where it is now. Uh, I still love the characters, um, and I'm yeah. I just really enjoyed Volume Four of Rat Queens, and that would be my favorite recent read. Nice, yeah. Um, well, thank you for listening. Yes, thank you very uh, much. This was a fun episode. Long, I, I 
we went longer than I thought we would because we're awesome, um, and we love just talking for you guys. Well, I was going to interject. Uh, the reason why we had that long conversation interjected throughout the, uh, was it Red Sonia? Yes. Uh, we mentioned a lot of things we certainly didn't need to, and the no. whole C- all the CW rambling. Yeah. We do that for you, the listeners who want a beefier podcast. Yeah. You know, we know sometimes we talk about things that you guys have no clue what we're talking about. And those are um, all things that I think are worthy of discussion on here, yeah. because even though they're not current, I mean, I'm sure some people might wonder why we consider ourselves comic book fans or fans of comic book television, Yeah, but yet we gave up on the flash after two seasons yeah true so hashtag true fact well uh you can find us anywhere not anywhere that's a lie (laughs) you can find us on soundcloud and itunes we're trying to get onto google play maybe spotify one day that rhymed um did and you gotta work on your flow though i know my flow is off you'll get there so off one day we'll be on youtube with the videos. Do you think that Rizza was always Rizza? <laughs> he wasn't always in the Wu-Tang. He was not always in the Wu-Tang. <laughs> he had his solo No, I'm career, wrong. But he was still in he the Wu-Tang clan. He was still in the Wu-Tang clan. Yeah, we're like the Wu-Tang clan, but, but better. better. No. No. I, I knew it was wrong when I said that. <laughs> well, thank you. Ugh. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, have a great night. Take or care. Or day. You're listening to this whenever. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>